Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. standing on a holy ground this morning. There are angels here this morning. Father, Father, Lord God, we come before thee this morning, Lord. 
we bring before you our insufficiency, Lord. We present to you our incapabilities, Lord. Our inabilities, O oh God. Father Lord, you are all in all. It is here in this place, Lord, Father God, where we get strengthened, Lord. It is in this kind of an atmosphere, Father, where we get healed when we are sick. It is here, mighty God, O Lord Jesus Christ, where we test of your comfort when we are in pain and in tears. It is in such an atmosphere, Lord, when we come and gather in this place, Father Lord, where we are nourished by thy word. Such a sacred moment to us to gather for thy word, Lord. All throughout the ages, Lord, you protected your people through thy word. When time came, Lord, that you would want your people, Father, to be in a journey and to have something to protect them, you send a prophet unto them. You presented your word to them. It is my plight this morning, Lord. May the Holy Ghost do the same. Present the word to your people, Lord. May he come and heal us. As it is said in thy word that you send the word that you would heal the people. I'm thankful, Lord, that once again in the end times you have restored the virtues of thy word. You have restored the power and you have restored, Heavenly Father, the dignity. You have restored, Lord, the rulership and the lordship of thy word in our hearts. May you help us to express the same, Lord. As I present the church and myself before you, that is, we shall read the word. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the anointing with which it was written may be part and parcel of this service, Lord. I commit every heart in your precious hands. I commit every congregation that is gathered this morning all over the world in your precious hands. May you be found in their midst that your name may be glorified in every place. Father, I pray as I commit all things unto thee. In Jesus Christ's name, Father, I pray. Amen. God bless you, saints. Before you take your seats, uh, you can open your Bibles with me to the book of the Kings. I, I gave one scripture to the brothers, but something just came along that I should read other scriptures along with it. So let's read to let's open our Bibles to Second Kings chapter four. 
are going to start from verse 18. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 18. day that the pastor said I should come and uh, have a time to speak to the church. That's the time the devil started fighting me with this flu. On Friday I almost gave up. Uh, I was almost thinking to say the pastor must find another plan. Friday. But I, I almost also thought that I'm, I'm giving in. And surrendering to the devil. So I can sing that song this morning, just as I am. I come. Amen. So if you have a little bit of uh, flu coming through my accent, you must forgive me. Amen. Just know that the word cannot be affected by flu. We'll read the scriptures, it will do us good. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 18. We'll read through until verse 31. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to him, to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him, hey, Fathers, you should not throw tough times to the mothers. See what this father did here. She is the one who requested for the child. When the child is sick, take the child to the mother. If it was me, I was just going to say, bring the child to me. Then I pray. Then after I pray, I say, take the, mother, the child to the mother. Are you hearing me, brothers? Amen. It might not be a child, but sometimes you throw certain things to the sisters when it's supposed to be your bed. Look at this man, what he did. Take him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon. This was morning, till noon. And then died. The child died in the mother's arms. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. All this happened without the father knowing. He's still in the field. And about, uh, and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. She did not do like what the husband did to say, the child is dead. 
she's calling for an S and the young man. And the father thinks things are still all right. He continues in the field. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she said, Lord, and ask, and said to a servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the men of God to Mount Carmel, and it came to pass. When the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, It, unto her, it is, well, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God, to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And, she, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. Thou, then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me. Then he said to Gehazi, Get up thy loins, and take my staff in thine hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any man, and if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose. And followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the, uh, the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and he told him, saying, The child is not awake. That was the report of Brother Gehazi. Brothers, you can put another scripture for us. I didn't give you these scriptures, but they just came up. John 6, 63. John chapter 6, verse 63. And John 6, 66, the prophet says, is the mark of the beast. Triple six, you find it in John. John six six six. If you go and read it, you will see why it's a mark of the beast. But we want John six sixty three. Amen. Six sixty three. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Let me repeat this one. 
It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. What are you doing to your flesh every day? Feeding it. But in the end it profiteth nothing. So it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. Then Jesus Christ says, the words that I speak unto you, they are not just words, they are spirit and they are alive. Amen. So there's a difference when man speaks and when God speaks. And there's a difference when God beats a man to speak. As he did in Ezekiel chapter 37. Can we go to Matthew chapter 24, 35? Matthew 24, 35. Let's see, 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. He did not say the world and the heavens. He said the, the words. In John, he's saying the words that he speaks, they are spirit and they are life. And there's only one form of life, which is eternal life, which is God's own life. Anything outside of that kind of life is dead. You don't have the life of God, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you are dead. That's why the Bible in the book of Revelation says, the rest of the dead lived not. How can the dead live? was they were the dead that were living. And they lived not afterwards. You must read the language of the Bible and hear what the Bible is saying to you. I used to wonder why the revelations would say, and the rest of the dead lived not. If they are dead, they are already dead. How then can they live? Yeah, if the Bible puts a coma, you must also put a coma and speak the same language with the author. The rest of the dead. Is it not the scripture that says, she that liveth in pleasure is dead whilst she lives. So it means they were living in the pleasures of this world. So they were dead. So they lived, afterwards they lived not. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Shall we take another scripture, last reading, then you take the comfort of your seats. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Uh, chapter 8. In chapter 8 we are reading verse 4. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. 
So some of you that say, don't judge me, don't judge me, don't tell us that if I'm a wise man, I can judge you. It only takes me to be wise, to bring on judgment. Otherwise, I will not be able to judge angels. Hey, do not judge me, do not judge me. There are some that are entitled to take on judgment. A wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Only a wise man can do that. And the wise man, the only wise man that I know of is one who's got the word of God inside of his heart. Because what, what, what happens then was the word descended the thoughts and intents of the heart. So if I want to be a wise man and I want to design, I take that which designs and put it inside my heart, then I, I can also design. Am I right? God bless you. You may take your seats. I would like to thank the pastor for giving me the opportunity to speak to you. I'm not so much of a preacher. Um, the prophet says, uh, Sassafras religion, I'm, I'm kind of a Sassafras preacher, haphazard one. But the disorder of the day sometimes becomes the order of the day. Amen. You know, when, when, we, are, when we are having our pulpits out there, we speak about everything. You find them talking about their, how they drink beer yesterday, you join in, and then you start giving some of these other quotations from church. They say, ah, now you are talking about church now. You said, yeah, but you are talking about beer now just recently. What's wrong about church? We switch on to the other, but you cannot do it here. Because some of you, most of them, I don't know, your life, but I think all of you, I believe, I believe you, that you're coming to church, you are coming in consent with the word. You, you have believed, so that's why you come. Amen. So I, I need to preach to believers. That's, that's, that's a very difficult position where the pastor puts me in. I have to be very selective of words to use, the language to use. Amen. I'm going to try to do that. Amen. Or if you were having those all-night prayers in Zimbabwe, a snake just pops up, you stop preaching, you start beating the snake. Because if you don't do that, it's going to bite someone, then you take the patient to the hospital, then the service is disrupted. At one point in time, they were looking for a stick, I just ran with my feet, I stepped on the snake. (laughs) Then I went and stood there, they're still bringing a stick, it's already done. I'm waiting for, for the service to continue. Because my friend was preaching and the pastor just said, this man deals with witchcraft, so you're gonna, you witches, watch out! So this man is preaching, he's hitting on witches. Now I consulted, where did this kind of a snake come from? It's not an ordinary snake, I've never seen such a snake. One sister told me that, brother, that snake came from another woman's handbag. Because it's just like among the people here, a snake comes out, then they are moving around. No, sometimes if a, if a snake is approaching where people are sitting, we, we should expect it to, to come from outside the place where you are seated. We, don't, we normally don't have chairs when you are in the rural areas in Zimbabwe. They just sit on the floor. So there's no point in time where you can find a snake coming from among the people somewhere. There. They are running away, all of them. 
So now this snake is looking for its owner now. It's going like this. It had a very funny color. It had white, pink, red, brownish dots on it. I said, no, man. This one, we just said, we have to, to apply scripture. Step on it and squeeze it on the ground. This is exactly what the scripture says. So I did exactly like that and then it died. Now the brothers were still bringing the sticks. But their sticks never worked. So I'm going to, st- to talk about a stick this morning. That time the stick never worked. But this morning I'm going to talk about a stick that works. My message is the stick works. And my subtitle is it's too late. You'll see why I'm saying it's too late. I wanted to speak about something else that I, that was just, you know, when, 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 when the pastor says you are, you are preaching this Sunday, you, you sometimes preach something that is along the line of thought according to your faith, what you've been eating and feasting on. That is so immediate. You can, that one you can speak anywhere because it's, it's been what you've been feasting on. Or I can continue on this sermon because he, he just recently preached. So I can take one from there and add value to his message. A little bit of what I know about what he was saying. How, how did it come to me and how did I receive it? I can also add on that. But no, sometimes it's not what the church wants. So you, you still need to pray. You cannot bank on you being a preacher and, you know, if you just give me my Bible, I can preach from any scripture. So let me just do it. No. What does the church want? And what does God want for his church? Those are two different things. So I, I knew what I could bring to the church as to what I, I, I desired as a preacher. Then I, I, dis, I descend and thought maybe the church is in need of one, two, three things. Then I asked myself, but does God want it at this time? Because I wanted to preach about how to speak things into existence. That's what I wanted to preach. I have to be honest. But I I thought like the church is not ready to be brought into that level where you'll be taught how. Because Brother Noam said, "We we can preach about what is the Holy Ghost and what was the Holy Ghost given for. But when he came to how do you know I have him and how do you receive him? He said, brothers, don't record that. Because there was going to be some impersonations along with that. So if I come and say how to speak things into existence, there's going to be some impersonations with it. So something brought me back to say, let me pray and see what God wants for the church. So I'm thinking maybe what I have this morning is for the church. Because I left what I thought, I left what I could see could be fit for the church or is desired by the church. They might have one good use of it. But I came to this now. Because we have a brother in church by the name Gehazi on 2 Kings 4.18. This brother was instructed by the prophet of his time. Take my stick, go and lay it upon the child. The child shall live. That is, that is a spoken word. Thus, thus said the Lord. Straight from the mouth of the prophet. Am I right? This man takes the stick, 
goes ahead of the woman. The woman says, no, I don't need this brother. I doubt him very much. This man won't do the work. I want you, the man of God. You must go with me. As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So Gehazi went past them. The brother said, ah, they went, by the time they come, the child will be running around. When he went there, he just threw the stick. It was not the, the work of the stick that was going to make the wonders. No. It was the faith that Gehazi should have had in the spoken Amen. word Amen. that told him to take the stick and go and do one, two, three things. Amen. So he thought it's going to be the stick that's going to do it. Let me demonstrate and tell you something. If you are, you are sick, my brother, you are sick, then I come and throw this spoken word on you. And say, brother, I'm going to be healed. Then I go. You will die, my brother, with this spoken word in your hand. You have to believe it. I have to believe it. You have to believe it. So that if I am doing this, I say, brother, read this book. By the time you finish this book, your headache will be over. It's not what the book has. It's what you have for the book. So it was not that stick. But I'm saying the stick works, because I'm going to talk about a different stick. That time it was that stick. The time of Moses, it was a stick in the Shekinah glory. Moses did not need to argue with this other tribe that said, no, we are also priests. We can also prove that we are called. Moses said, okay, fine. Let every one of you go and get a stick. Bring your own stick. Because we don't know where I got this one from. You cannot quarrel. Then I cannot give you office with my, 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 my equipment. This one is God's equipment. I got this from God. This is that says the Lord. He even asked me personally to say, what is in your hand? It was not in your hands, brothers. It was in my hand that time. And the pillar of fire came when I was holding this stick. Hallelujah. When I had my encounter with God, I had a stick in my hand. It was not in your hands. So go and get your own sticks. Bring your own encounters with God. Let's put the same sticks, all of them, in the presence of God. The one that blossoms is the one that bears the office. The one that blossoms is the one that God says, this is it. So, to this morning I'm saying the stick works. But not every, every one of the sticks works. And I'm saying it's too late. Because they are bringing some funny doctrines in the message now. We are quiet, but we know what we are doing. Yes. And we, uh, when we don't speak, it doesn't mean that we are not speaking. We are kneeling down and praying. Yes. We don't waste time arguing with people that don't believe. I wouldn't ask, ask a man that is preaching polygamy in the message. You say he found it in the message. Why should I argue with, with a man such, such as that? He's a lustful man. Can I argue about lust? Is it a thing to, 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 to argue about? If a man comes and starts to argue about the picture of the cloud, was I there when the cloud was taking a picture? What facts have I to prove that it is right or wrong? But I can tell you what he has done in this church. So I'm saying it's too late, brother, to argue about the cloud. It's too late to argue whether Brother Branham is a prophet or not. It's too late, my brother. Whether Brother Joseph is going to take Brother Brenham's office or what, it's too late, brother. Amen. 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 Amen.
somebody has occupied this position already. The bride has already occupied this position. I'm believing a prophet that told me that this bride has been impregnated by the seed of Christ himself. So you cannot bring another seed. You cannot bring another seed. This stick that we are holding, it works, brothers. It has been working all along. It will work throughout all the ages. It will work even when we get into eternity. It can work even right now in this service. We don't need Brother Joseph to be proven a minister or whatever, whatever argument they have now. It's too late. And I'm warning you, don't get in those arguments. Unless you end up cursing the prophet's sons. And it's not good to do that because they are an emblem of what your prophet left for you. And it's too late, brothers, to argue about such things. Just as good as arguing if this, this man is our pastor. What are you trying to tell me? Is this your pastor? I will look at you. What are you saying? Do you have another pastor for me? <laughs> this is Lighthouse Tabernacle. This is the pastor for Lighthouse Tabernacle. What are you, what are you arguing about? <laughs> the pastor was telling me about all these arguments. I said, but I think I have got on one scripture for Malachi 4. Yeah. If they will ever bring another one, let them write Malachi, Malachi book 2. Yeah. <laughs> then I will have a place for another prophet. They have to do it like what the Roman Catholics did. They've got Sira 1 and Sira 2 in the book of Apocrypha. We don't have an Apocrypha here. We don't have an Apocrypha in the message. So if you don't have an Apocrypha, you don't have another Malachi chapter 4. And if you don't have another Malachi chapter 4, you will not have two of them. Am I right? Gone are the days for the Joshua ministries where a man will stand and say, I'm Joshua. But when I'm reading my message, brother, it says Joshua types the book of Ephesians. Yeah. If you have a spoken word reader and a belief of it as well, you will see where the prophet says, Joshua is the book of the Ephesians. Yeah. And he says, do you, what do you see in Ephesians? What do you see there? He gave, he that ascended is the same who descended and gave gifts unto men. Now he's talking about many Joshua's now. Yeah. <laughs> but another man will come and say, I, I am Joshua. Wow. Oh. It's too late, brothers. It's too late. It cannot work for us. Yeah, the stick works. Let me show you that stick works, brothers. For those of you that have been in the ICU and it, it came there and took you out, that stick works. Now came the time for Moses and his brothers. Hey, brothers, they had the nicest robes on that day. But some of them were waiting for an inauguration to be priest of the day. So they brought, they went and looked for sycamore trees and whatever trees, and they were fresh from the tree. Okay. Others, they were left with some little, little buds. So that they, they've got an advantage into the ministry. Oh, Pastor, Pastor, you're picking it up. Eh? You see what I'm trying to say? They left a little bit of, you can almost feel like they're almost like Brother Brenham. Yeah, let me, I'm, I won't put names, but you will finish up. What happened now? They put them in the Shekinah glory. Because the, the presence of God solves everything. It is the spirit that quickeneth. So let, let us put them before the spirit himself. So when they put them there, that stick that they could not tell whether it was a, a sycamore tree or whatever type of a tree it was, it had almonds on it. 
oh, so now this tree is an almond tree. Even Moses didn't even know. Moses was just a stick, dry. But when it went into the Shekinah glory, it came out with almonds, which they could eat. Overnight, it budded. Overnight, it had leaves. It had a bark. Overnight, it had flowers. Overnight, the flowers grew, matured, budded. It brought forth fruits. They ripened the same night. You could eat them for the morning. So Moses said, okay, brothers, the battle is over. Let every man take his stick now. Those brothers with their sticks with almost like a bud that was left so that at least overnight if something's going to happen, it's just going to bud off. Bring something off. Brother, they just found their sticks exactly the way they put them in. The God never stripped them off the back. They, he never disturbed anything. It was exactly the way they put them yesterday. But this one of Aaron, Brother Aaron was going there with his robes designed by God. Picked up his almond tree. Now it is a tree. Later on that road, they said the road of Moses, the road of Aaron, and the road of God. Amen. One time, they met a man, Samson by the name, now they said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. He just looked around. Something made him a different man. It was not about what his mother told him. But had he not believed, he believed what the mother told him. He had the seven locks of his head. He loved those locks because he knew his power was resting on the, con uh, the, the vow that God made with him. That was a vow. It's a Christian vow. You cannot call yourself a Christian when you don't have the Holy Ghost. Yes. And you cannot rest until you have that Spirit of God in you. Yes. And you cannot rest until you know I have the Holy Ghost in me. Yes. Because Samson knew. It was not a, a hearsay. He was not saying, moving around and hitting the Philistines and saying, Mother told me I will hit you. It was not about Mother. The, 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 the part the mother played, it was done over, was, was over. Samson was relying on what he felt. He now knew that this thing that mother told me, it works. That's right. So he saw a thousand Philistines coming against him. He said, oh, they are joking today, they are, they've lost it. That woman said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee today. He just looked around, picked the jawbone of an ass, rotten, and hit a thousand Philistines. Without resting and without getting tired. After he was done, he just said, threw that job on of an ace under, uh, under some tree somewhere. He said, I'm done with these rascals, uncircumcised Philistines. The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. But the anointing was upon him already. And he knew that I'm anointed of God. I find it very difficult to say some of our youth that go to school, brother, what? They cannot testify to their friends that they are, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are Christians. They fail to say it by the mouth. They hide their Bibles when they are in school. Brother, Tina, we testified to, what do you call it, to, to some students, eh? 
in a school until there was a commotion. They, they, they wanted to know. Uh, we were called Branamites. Are these Branamites taking over the Methodist church now? Because we had more number of youth than the Methodist youth. They had the UYMC. What, 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 what? UYMC. Yeah, something about the youth. We had more number. I think the time we left, we had 50 from grade 6 to form 6. We would move around to collect them for prayers. And we were called by the reverend. And we had to select the brothers that we knew that these ones, when it comes to scriptures, they are better than us. So we put brother Brian, we put brother... Uh, was brother Shungu, and the rest of them, we would say, brothers, you know your story. Go and see the reverend. We'll be praying, but you go to see the reverend. The reverend came and said, ah, you know what, if it concerns these guys, they've not done anything wrong in the school. All their stories just about the Bible. So I think it's just doctrinal. They just don't belong to our Methodist sect. Just leave them. They are good people. I spoke to them. He came and spoke before the whole school. He said, no, these Branamites, leave them like that. Others were calling us Satanists. Others were calling us Branamites. We had all names. But we remained Christians. You young people, you young brothers that are in school, we could testify to girls as well. Brothers, you hear me? Brother Clement, at work you must testify to women. They, they must know you. They must know you. Some of you brothers, if a woman would come and speak to you, that's the last we'll hear of you being a brother. <laughs> There's times when I used to see my wife was so jittery when customers come and they are ladies. She, she always takes a change, it's already outside. She's watching what is happening. One time I preached to her, I said, you are wasting your time. Because before I married you, there's others who are believing because of my faith. So that same faith is still keeping me. And it works. Those people that you are putting a chair for, they know more of God through me than you do. And it's true. It's very, it's very sad, brother, brother Ezekiel, that you, your wife might not even listen to you when God is speaking through you. Very sad. And I'm just thinking, what if God would want to bring a rapturing faith through your speech in the home, not through the past. Will your wife go in the rapture? You must be careful of that. Two men shall be in one bed. Yeah. It doesn't say two men. Two shall be in, in one bed. I, I'm beginning to think it can be husband and wife. Yeah. The one shall be taken and the other one. Because the women, they doubt their husbands too much until the Bible said, you women, you must obey your, your, your own husbands. Those they obey other people's husbands, not their own husbands. <laughs> if I would send Brother Nyadori to tell my wife to do something, she would run and do it quickly. <laughs> but if I go and repeat the same words that Brother Nyadori said, my wife will start arguing. <laughs> she will debate and try to show also how good the, 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 the way she looks at it is. If I say, Brother Lassim, go and tell Sister Borewe, don't tell her it's me. She will say, oh, brother, don't worry, don't worry, it will be done, brother, don't worry. 
God, and with a God bless, God bless you, brother. No matter how difficult it is going to be. If I come around the corner and say, I see, uh, honey, I think you, you must do things this way. No, but daddy, you know what, what? He begins to see. She wants to show me also, I'm part of you. I must tell you also how I see it. What if your rapturing faith is going to come through one of those speeches through your husband? The pastor preaches, he ignites it. It comes through your husband. Then God says, you speak to your wife. Because you are going to be raptured tomorrow. That's right, that's right, Two shall be in bed. The one shall be taken. The other one left. You think it's your children? <laughs> one time, one brother got a revelation. The Philistines were coming and eating them, left, right, and center, taking everything, leaving them impoverished. And Brother Abraham says, the children would starve to death. But Brother Shamga thought one day, yes. Brother Abraham says, he had storm, 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 storm. Those Philistines are coming with their brass helmets. He said, not today. Yes, ah, not today. Yes. Today. He said he was a short little bit fellow, Shamga. He was not a tall man. He was a short little bit fellow. He came around, he said, what are you looking for? There were 600 Philistines. First thing that marveled them was this man. Every time we've been taking things, but why is he questioning us today? What happened to him? He said, no, not today. He took an ox guard and he hit all of them 600. They came a revival. And Israel overcame the Philistines in those days. Even the Bible says, in the days of Shamka. Not in the days of God, in the days of Shamga. We want to speak sometime to say in the days of sister so and so. In the days of brother so and so. In the days. In the years of the 2020, 2022, 2021. In Emalachin. In brother so and so's house. When this stick passed by. The brother took the stick and he hit the demons out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That was Shamga by that time. He had no time to waste. He did not count the numbers. Now you are counting. You don't have money in this account. They just closed this other one. You are looking at this also. Your wardrobe is dwindling and your children are crying. The one school fees, food is finishing. Shamga did not count all those things. He just took a, 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 a stick that was next to him and hit 600 Philistines. With your little faith, if we can take you and put you on the position where Shamga was, what will you be able to do? With what you are doing with the gospel today, if we can put you back in them days, you run away. The way you are feeling right now, where you are seated, is I'm preaching right now. We take you back to where Samson was standing. Give you the same anointing that he had, but with the same kind of feeling you have now. You say, ah, 1,000 Philistines and run away. But Samson had his hands in the pocket. Locks hanging behind him. He knew he was sorted. Fully anointed to fight anything. He knew there was a scripture that say a thousand will fall on your, on your side and a hundred will fall on your, on your other left side. 
So he was waiting to see them fall. He knew a scripture that says, when God sees a flood coming, the enemy coming in like a flood, what does he do? He will wait when the flood comes. The good part of it, he doesn't stop the flood. I like the way scriptures bring us to our position. Brother Mkhag, the Lord looks and this is the enemy coming. He, is, he does not say the enemy brings the flood. The way a flood comes, that's how the enemy will be coming to you. I don't know what artillery you'll be using, but he's coming against you and your family as a flood. Not bringing a flood, but his coming is like a flood. When God looks at that flood, he does not run to stop the flood. He does not run to quench the flood. He runs to raise the standard. And leaves the flood passing by. He wants you to take on the flood with a raised standard. When the, the fire was hit seven times, God had them discussing in their hidden chambers. In their bedroom chambers, they were talking about how the fire must be heated. Someone came up with a decision to say, no, the only thing we can do, let, let us hit it seven times more. And tell them tomorrow, if they don't repent, we'll throw them in there. So the news came to the king. He said, this is good stuff. This is good news. Today they will be burnt. So the news came to Brother Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Eh? They found him singing, I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. You know what they were dying for? It was just one scripture that they looked at. Thou shalt not have any other God besides me. That scripture was enough to send men into a fiery furnace. And they said, even if our God cannot deliver us, but he is more than able. But if he doesn't de deliver us, we are going into the fire anyhow. Some of you are running away from the fire. You are going to be bastard children. And when we get raptured, we'll be watching on the gates to say, who's coming as a bastard here? We don't want bastard children. We want the brands that have been plugged out of the fire. Glowing with the glow of the gospel. Healed by the gospels. Gospel pills. Not the pills from, from Mkhabi's office as a doctor. No. If you go to a doctor like that one, you will be misled. Because he will go and tell you, can I pray for you? He, he can design and say, this is demonic. This man is not sick. Let me pray for this one. I don't want to waste my time with other patients that need medicine. And waste my resources. But the doctors in the hospital, they will say, take your patient home. We cannot help them. That man sitting there will say, okay, let me engage gear number four. He says, number four is not, is not working. He says, okay, number four in four by four. Ukshange four by four, number four, you will not win. He says, okay, can I see you right 
He calls his wife, lest they would start talking nonsense. Honey, can you come? Let's help this one. That other way. Because here, tablets are not working. We want the gospel pills. Amen. That time, when Shamga saw that something is happening, the anointing that came upon him, it was released straight from heaven. The rest of the Israelites never knew. Brother Abnam says, do you know? You think Philip told Peter that I, I, I've been taken by the Spirit and I, I just found myself in Azotus. You think he told them that? He had no time to say all those things. He was five hours late from service, preaching to the eunuch. But some anointing came around to cater for his lateness. With his wet clothes from the, from the river, the eunuch was just looking. He said, oh, I can't find this man now. I'm, I'm believing that this man went thinking this man is an angel. But when you read the scriptures very well, when they met, the angel met Philip first and instructed Philip to go and join himself to the chariot. But when the eunuch thought, saw Philip disappearing, he thought it was the very angel. I once told you a testimony of a brother that I testified to. God told me, speak to this brother. He is troubled about some, some, some men that he's troubled about. He wants them to believe. I said, brother, every time I come to you, these words keep hammering me. It's like somebody is talking inside of me and instructing me to ask you this. Let me ask you today, where there's no one here. Who is this person that always troubles you, that you, you are always thinking about them? They are on your heart so much that you want them to be a believer. You want them to come to the faith. He said, oh, brother. He knelt down. He said, brother, it's my nephew. It's my nephew, brother. He was crying. I said, don't cry, brother. God speaking to you now. Don't, don't cry. He said, let's go to him now. Let's go to him now. We went there. Brother, I just started speaking. The mother was a Sangoma. Next door, homestead, a Sangoma is there washing the dishes. She left the dishes, started listening to the word. I was told later on years after, when I left, the mother was baptized, the brother was baptized, the wife was baptized. Before I came to this man's homestead, I met his friend. They were all HIV positive, without me knowing. Then I met this man, I said, I'm bringing the word of God to your friend there. Why are you leaving? He said, I need to rest, it's been quite a long while I've been with him, I'm tired now, I want to go and rest. I said, you might as well rest and rest for good, if you rest now. Why don't you come and listen to what I have now? At least if you rest, you'll have time to, to wake up and recuperate. Why don't you give yourself time for what I have now? He said, ah, I'll see you tomorrow. That man after two weeks died. I don't know where he is. I cannot tell. But what I know is, he just refused to come. When I went to this homestead, I'm speaking to this brother. I said, you know what? It's surprising that somebody can have so much confidence to go to the, what do you call these uh, NGOs? Like K International and all, all these NGOs in Zimbabwe, they are giving uh, donations for food and all this. Now, he goes with a certificate of being an HIV positive. He is banking on the confidence of being HIV positive. He has got confidence to believe HIV to get food for him. When I bring the message of God that can heal this same person, such that he can bank on his health to work for his family. And if he don't have a job, I can even pray. And for what? 
a message for a job to him after he's healed. So I said, brother, so a choice is on your lap now. He said, ah, brother, you don't even know. This, this puppy just ate with these beans. I got it from K International because I'm HIV. I just talked, I never spoke about his condition, but he testified for himself. I said, okay, fine, you just heard him say it to you. It's him, not me, because I don't know about your life. So what is happening is make a choice. Do you want HIV to keep providing for your family, or you want to work and provide, and then I can do it now? Now, as I'm talking with you, now. He said, brother, I would rather be healthy and work for my family. Then I said, brother, it's up to you. What kind of a job do you want before I speak it now? He looked at me and said, brother, I think you can say something better. That... I said, okay, fine. I'm going to give you a job that when you are working, you'll always be asking yourself, how did I get this job? That's the kind of a job I'm giving you now. Always when you're asking yourself, even when you are, if, and if it's sweeping, but the nature of sweeping and the salary you'll be getting, you'll always be asking yourself, hey, but how did I get it? With no qualifications. Brother, there's a company called Sabot. They do uh, ethanol through sugar cane. He went and worked there. I don't know what kind of a job he was doing, with no qualifications. And he said, brother, you just said it. I was always asking myself, how did I get this job? Because <laughs> people who are qualified were coming to the gate and being dismissed. This came with no this man came with nothing. Nothing. Suppose, supposed to be so. As you see it, you see it's nothing. But he came with his faith, believing that the brother said something about my job. I'm going to get this job. He got employed. The last time I saw him, brother, you know where I, I found him? He's a caretaker at the church. Man, church in Masungu, you go there, you find this man I'm talking about. Now, after I talked to this man, I believe he's an angel that appeared to him. Because he said a man that was flying with white clothes came to him and repeated what this brother was saying to me. Was the last word I said to him, repent or you will perish. So he said, this man was flying into my house. He said, repent or you perish. But with white clothes and he vanished. So when he was looking at me, he asked his brother, his, his, his uncle, he said, is this brother a, a human being, a normal man who can eat? He said, no, he's one of our brothers, a missionary in, in, the, in, the, in the city there. Oh, something happened in my house there. What he said, somebody came there and said the same thing. It's when people don't believe that our ministry has got angels behind it. Not only angels. Our ministry has got God himself behind us. So when I'm doing what I'm doing, I, 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 I definitely know what I'm doing. This is not a supposition. This is, we are not trying like, no. To see if, if, what if we preach, what will happen? No. When I grew up, brothers, I used to like making, uh, uh, you know, automobiles. But uh, there's a Madrid dress. The ones we make from wires. And then you, you are the one who makes the sound for it. This is a BMW. You know those ones? I used to make those ones. The way I used to make them. If I don't make the wheels nice, and maybe it's moving like this, I will just hold the stick, I go back to the table, start all over again. When others are playing, 
I don't want it imperfect. It must move smooth. If, it, if one wheel is not right, they used to laugh at me. Why, why do you do this? You already done. Just fix the wheels. No. If the wheels are not right, the whole thing is not right. That's, that's how I used to do it. I'm not surprised I'm a, a motor electrician. And if I tell you I'm done with my job, you, you might not as well have a portion to correct, because I correct myself as I, I move. From the time I start until I finish, I've given everyone, foremen, engineers, you can go and inspect what I've done. One time I had a, an argument recently with an engineer. He said, no, he's a manager, site manager. He says, no, where you put your camera? Uh, it's, it's not the right position. He's talking as, a, as an engineer because he didn't want us to come. He wanted another company to come. <coughs> I said, fine, can you, can you call back your truck and bring it here? And I, I would want your operator to be with me as well. Now, when we are there, the operator says, are you talking about the camera? No, no, I'm fine with the camera. The camera has got a very good, perfect vision. The thing I'm worried about is that the top part of the Bowser, that kept is closed. I, every time when I go to fill up, I need to climb the stairs and open it and close it. Why don't you just keep it open? Put a handle, maybe something that I can just pull and open when I'm down here. I don't want to climb up the stairs. That's the only problem I have on this bowser. He's listening. I said, what, what do you say? He didn't say anything. I said, okay, fine. Just to ask you, is, is my supervisor, is my manager, whatever position you hold, where do you think is the best position for your camera besides the one that I put? So I can do it now. Ah, you are the technician. You are the one who knows. I said, that, what I know is what I did. <laughs> and the operator is saying it's good. Perfect vision there. So that's what I did as a technician. Ah, I said, then if it's like that, it's fine. Fine. They didn't even want to pay us, but they said, you never finish, because we are not happy with the position of the camera. What, what, what? I said, I'm coming there. Because I know what I did. I'm not doubting my job. Now, if it happens like that on the natural, when you take it to the spiritual, people that definitely know that they have got God in their midst. They have got God doing everything for them. Why would we find you in fear? Why would you find you in a position where you are compromising with your instinct, what God has given you? These men I'm quoting to you, they knew exactly where they were standing. Samson, one point in time, a lion just rode and came straight to him, charging. He never ran away. The Bible says he, he caught a hold of the lion's mouth, tore it apart. Yeah. Amen. You know, they were singing. Eh? Their song before they went, we are surrendering ourselves to this Lord, because of a scripture. The scripture says they cannot surrender like this and I don't surrender myself also because the word is God himself. Before they went into the fire, he was already there. Then in the fire, they were not singing, I surrender all. It is well. In my soul, 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 Nebuchadnezzar heard them singing and walking around in the fire. He said, Did we not th th throw three men in the fire? 
How come that I see the fourth one there and he looks like the son of God? How did he know the son of God? There was some glory around him that resembled the son of God. Within the blazing of the fire, he could see another blaze of holiness around one being. He said, call them out. The Bible says they could not, you, could not, you could not even sense the smell eh, of the heat and the fire. Not even their hairs were bent. You are sitting there and you believe that Bible telling you that story. And you've got your problem that you think is going to linger around for the whole year with you. The fire could not even touch their hair. The fire could not even touch their clothes. Not even a smell of the fire. We are not talking about a fire that you can need behind your house. We are not talking about a fire of a candlelight. We are talking about a fire of a furnace that can melt an iron. Heated seven times water. Not even a smell of it went on their clothes. And they came out singing. Glorious. And God never stopped the fire. He never commanded, stop the fire, stop the fire. Because in heaven, Brother Nam says, as a, as a prophet, he says, let me tell you what was happening. Brother, Brother Nam could speak a language of Micaiah. Micaiah said to Ab, let me tell you what was happening. In this time, that you are, you are, you are wrestling with this thing of uh, Ramoth Gilead and what was, let me tell you what is happening in heaven. That was Micaiah then. He said, let me tell you. I saw Israel scatter like sheep without a shepherd. The, 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 the king said, no, there he goes, there he goes, he starts now. He said, now, you see what I saw? And in heaven, there was a debate in heaven. Who can persuade Ahab to go to war? So that we can fulfill a scripture. Do you see there is battles in heaven to fulfill certain scriptures? Amen. To fulfill certain promises when your faith is ignited. You say, not this time, man. Not when this scripture is saying this, man. I can't be jobless when things are saying, no, 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 man. My family cannot be struggling. No, no, man. When God says this, not, not with my God. Then the council is set in heaven. Now we can tell you because we know from Micaiah, that's the order. Micaiah told us, when, you, when things are happening here, there's a, a council set in heaven. To sort out the mess that is on the ground where God's children are. He said, now when I saw in heaven, behold, O king, I saw the throne set up there. And all the hosts of heaven seated around the throne. And God was asking, who can persuade Ahab to go to war? And none was found in heaven. They said, we only need someone who can lie. But now we cannot lie. Angels cannot lie. We speak and speak the truth only. So another spirit just popped up like a shadow. With torn and tattered clothes. Ah, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm disturbing a meeting. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, Wena, come here, come here. Disturbing, how did you get here? So no, I was just passing by. What, are you, what, your, what is your business? I'm, I'm just a lying spirit. I'm just a lying spirit. But I just overheard you say lying and lying. So I just passed by. He said, come, come, come. Come close, come close. Come close. What's your story? I don't know if you know about this Ab. I just you talking about Ab, but I know him very well. He likes a lot of lies. So I normally lie to him. So what can you help us with? 
No, I can go even to his prophets. No, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm in the right place, but I can go to his prophets. I don't know if you believe in prophets. It's in heaven. This spirit is speaking in heaven. Eh? But I normally work with some of them false prophets. They, I, I cause them to lie. And people believe them. Said, ah, you are the very person we are looking for. Can you go and do that duty now with the prophets of Ahab? Which ones? The, only the, the 400 only. Oh, you want both of them? Said, no, the rest of them, if they can lie. I can make all of them lie. Says, I've been doing it for ages. You can see I'm grown up in this thing. I'm, I'm, I've been doing it. I think I'm sure I mentioned some other names of some false prophets. He was even muttering some words and their tongues. And also he mentioned other names of people that he's going to work with. He's got an anticipation of working with other prophets that are in our age now. Because he's working with them now. So that time he said, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to a very good lucrative business with you if you can allow me in the near future. He said, no, go and do it for us in Arab. Go and do it. All the 450 prophets that helped on the altar of Baal. The prophets of the groups and the prophets of the altar. 400 and 450. It was 850 in total. They all spoke one language from a lying spirit. These lying prophets that you have now, don't worry when they speak one language. They are just but getting it from one spirit. Lying spirit. And it has perfected the art over the years. Such that in this age, they are almost like true prophets. And they speak the truth 99% with 1% lies. They can give you a scoreline of a, a football match and never tell the disaster that's going to come on the people in church. I can tell you, Zambia and what, what is going to win 1-0. And then afterwards, the, the, the people die in church, they can't see it. Because the, the, the purpose of the devil is to destroy his, the God's people. So when the people of God are being destroyed, false prophets, they keep quiet. When COVID is hitting them, they have no prophets. Throughout all this period of COVID, they were quiet. Because it is the purpose of the devil to destroy God's people. So they cannot speak anything because they are, they are speaking on behalf of the destroyer. Some of you that like these prophets, maybe you will hate me after the service. But I will speak the same language when I get to heaven and come back again. I will still be speaking the same language because I know them. Now this man goes and lies. This spirit is lying. Ab went to war. But what did Micaiah say? What did Micaiah say? The same thing that Brother says, you know what, when the furnace was heated, he's looking, God showed him in heaven. He said, Uriel and Wemud, they are responsible for the waters. They approached God, they said, God, we can flood Babylon. Yeah. And quench that furnace with, with, with a raging flood of water. Until they will never tell where the furnace was. Yeah. And to sweep everything away and throw it in the sea. Until even Nebuchadnezzar will not find this throne. We can do it in the next 30 minutes if you release us. Yeah. Now. God said, I ah, don't know what's happening. Sit down. But they are dying. Your people are almost at the edge of the furnace. Michael said, I can draw my sword and call the host of heaven and fight in Babylon. God said, hey, hey, Tula, sit down. They said, now we are, we, are, we are exhausted with all our advice in heaven. 
we must hear from you the majesty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Speak. And he said, I'm going myself. No angel can fit where the scripture is being quoted. Was no angel is a scripture. Was God is his own word. So when you quote the word, God comes on the scene. When you see angels coming, it's just you and angels playing a game. You are just doing what you know to do best. It's like playing soccer. Eh? But when the referee says rough play, rough play there, even if you want to argue, they are going to put the ball on, on the spot and say, you are still arguing. Ah, yeah. They've already scored because you are still busy arguing with the referee. They've been awarded a penalty where you think it's not a penalty. It was hand to ball or ball to hand. We don't know. But it's a penalty. The referee in heaven, when he sounds a whistle to say, penalty, and I don't want a goalkeeper in the gate. Lest my son will miss. You know what God did? He put, he put people with an, a lion anointing. The first start of the age. People who could confront and say, we found them that called themselves apostles. We tried them and found them not. Now in the latter age, we should have the same kind of spirit, but now what are we doing? People are rising and calling themselves apostles. Introducing funny doctrines and we cannot even challenge them. We just look them in the face and, and ululate and cheer and clap hands for them in the terraces. It's too late for them to bring those things to us. Too late. We know better. Brothers, can you bring me my first quote? Yeah, they are laughing because of time. Eh? Maybe my first quote will be my last quote because people don't, li- don't love to spend time in church. <laughs> <coughs> now, God fortified his army, what with himself, in the form of prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors, evangelists. Huh? They left out one day. What, fine, what, do you know it? What did he do? What was God doing? Listen, did you ever think what that office of the church is? Now, if you go to subtract one of those offices and think they are useless, you look down upon your pastor and you think, ah, he's a useless man. He might be a useless man according to whatever you are looking at. But as pertaining the office that God has called him for and the ministry that God has allotted to him, it's not from him. Because it's God himself coming into that man. You might have ate pup with him yesterday. And so his mannerism on the table is not right. You don't want to eat with him anymore. When he comes next time when he visits, I will give him his own separate table. Because he don't know how to use the fork and knife. Okay, fine. That, that is what you see in him. But not the office and what God has called him for. Because God steps into that man and makes himself your shepherd through that man. When you are deep in your sins, 
God steps into the office of an evangelist, starts evangelizing using a vessel of a man. So when you read with this man, what you are simply doing, you are looking down upon your own God. Because it's God doing it. He ascended and he descended and gave gifts unto men. Not even one of those gifts can operate fully and perfectly if God does not step into that gift and operate it himself. Because God gave himself. So if he gave himself, what are the prophets and the apostles doing? What are they doing except to, to usher the word of himself? Listen, did you ever think what those offices of the church is? It's God's dress. Inside dress. An apostle, a prophet, a seer. We need an Agabus in church. Yes. We need a Micaiah when there is an Elisha. And you need an Elisha when there is an Elijah. That is why the prophet told us there is major prophets and minor prophets. But the prophet, problem, problem with this, Pastor, let me say, the problem with these prophets that we have now, they are, they are puffed up. Bring them all one by one and I will, I will vet them. I've got, I've got the spirit level to measure them. Because every gift, even an apostle, must come down to what the word says. Every non-spiritual gift must come down to what the word says. No dreamer must come and tell us what to do here. The scriptures tell us what to do. They even tell us what to do with you as well. So you bring your vision here to us. Don't think we are, we are, we are people who don't know what they are doing if we start laughing at you. Because we see already what you are bringing is your own vision. It's not the vision of the word. What Micaiah saw was to do with the scripture that Elijah prophesied. So if you are a Micaiah in, in, in our midst, you are a Micaiah here, and you want to bring something that does, don't correspond with scriptures, we are going to pull you by the tie to the office. Say, brother, now we are serious now. Narrate your dream and your vision. We want to hear. Now, the ministers are afraid to get a hold of those men. Now these men, because no, they, they feel like nobody is challenging, they are puffed up now, they say anything they want. Until to an extent that they are introducing a very doctrine that they've always wished to introduce in the message. And we are watching them do it. That's why we fear to bring prophets in church. We have a fear. Uh, we are xenophobic. <laughs> fear of prophets. A seer. We are stuck with xenophobia. It, it hits us when we come to the word prophet. In a five-fold ministry, it, it hits us. Why? Because what comes with the package of this prophet, brothers? Some of them, they don't want to bow down to the word. You can even ask a prophet who's telling you visions. When was the prophet born? He don't even know. They have no time to read, brother. They are just seeing visions. Seeing and seeing. And expecting you to bow down because they have seen something. No. We are bound down to a scripture. And we expect you to bow down the same time when we bow down. Because scriptures to us is, is God himself. And remember, this God is God in flesh. 
When scriptures come inside of me, it's God in flesh. It's no longer I, but Christ that liveth. For see, before Satan ever gets to it, Dan told it, what is it? God dressed up in his church. It's God dressed up. This is how he's dressing himself. He makes himself an evangelist. He makes himself a pastor. He makes Because when the pastor is pastoring you, he don't scratch his head to say, ah, let me just think what, what goes with this sister because she's poor. Let me just tell you one or two things. He goes to pray and ask God, what can I do with this one? They have presented this problem. God steps into that office and says, now, sister, this problem we have, God is going to deal with it. You watch after some time, the problem is already dealt with. So, can we say the pastor is a prophet? He was prophesying that he's going to be dealt with. He had to consult God and he feels in his heart to say, now something has dropped in his heart by revelation God is speaking through the office. If every one of those gifts can do that and bow down to the God who must use every gift for the benefit of the church, we'll be raptured tomorrow. These offices is God's dress way. When you see those offices, pastors, teachers, evangelists, what is that? That is God's dress way. God's presence, God's spirit working through. But when the man realizes that God wants to use me, he gets God out. Then he wants to work with the people himself. Because gifts and callings are without dependence. He was just born seeing things, dreaming and he wants to carry that into the church without the word, without the spirit. We will come back to the word and see how to deal with that one. Yeah? We'll deal with you. And if that office, if that office denies any of this word, hey, then it's not God dressing. No, not that. That's that wolf in sheep's clothing. Very difficult to tell a minister that you are a, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. But we must do it sometimes. Pastor, we must do it sometimes. Tell certain ministers we are a sheep, we are a wolf in sheep's clothing. Watch that fellow. Beware of. Why? Because they are now coming and telling us, ah, this message, no, Brother Graham didn't actually mean this. Because they know he's dead, no one can argue on his behalf. They think no one can argue on his behalf. Brother Mambe, can you let people do whatever they are doing with the message? And you definitely know what the message has done for you. Your own testimony can defeat every preacher that is bringing a false doctrine now. It's too late, brother. God has already done something in his children. Every home is getting a testimony of what God has done for them. So we don't, we don't even need that, that picture of the pillar of fire and the pillar of glory. We were not there when those pictures were taken. We don't even know what was happening in that meeting. But we know what happened in the meeting of our own church. We know what's happening in our own homes. That we can tell you. We, you come in with an argument. You say, ah, oh, this or that. The message, Brother Brenham, this. I say, Brother, I don't know about all that. I don't even know about Brother Brenham. I know about the God that he was preaching. That one you can start talking to me now. Because the God that he preached, I don't know his errors, I don't know his mistakes. I was not with him when he made those mistakes. But all I know, there's a God that he preached. And that God came down. And that God is with us. And that God is doing things for us today. For me, brothers, 
I can just narrow him down to cars. Where on earth can you find an autoletician who can be told to say, don't touch that part, follow that wire. You follow that wire, you found it broken. You mended the car is starting. Then the owner of the car asks you what was wrong, you don't even know. But the car is starting. What do you want me to do with that? Because I read in the spoken word, brother, and say something said to me, something said to me. When that something comes and starts also telling me something, something, you want me to deny that something? I can deny the prophet. I can deny the prophet. I can deny the pillar of fire. I can deny the pillar of cloud. But this something, this something, I cannot deny it, brother, because it's with me at work. It's with me in my house. It's with me in everything. It's speaking every day. It's speaking. It's speaking. You can ask my wife how many times we've cancelled to first I've, I've approached you, I told you about this. When I thought I'm going to Zimbabwe, I'm packing everything. You know, they were saying we don't want Zimbabweans anymore. But I thought no, but when I came here, these people were not the ones who sent me here. And I even came here unwillingly. I didn't even want to come to South Africa. I had everything set up and well up. I had colleges under me. I had universities under me. They would bring their cars when, when they want. I had everything. I would, I would make money more than 3,000, 4,000 a month. US dollars. We're talking about nonsense money. We're talking about US dollars. <laughs> That's my salary in South Africa. If I want to look for a job here, they give me around about 28, 32, 35, there about. That is exactly what I was making in Zimbabwe. Why would I live? Tell me why, why would I leave Zimbabwe and come here? Amen. It was not about money. Oh. Something said. Yes, then I told my wife, I said, I don't want to go to South Africa, but I have to go. Yeah. I told the pastors, I never told them, something said. I said, Pastor, I just feel like as an artist and I need to go to South Africa and work for my family. Things are tough. What, what? They said, hey, brother, do whatever God tells you to do. They all walked out of the office. I only reminded them when I was here. I'm in South Africa. And the reason I am here. My wife also didn't understand. My wife didn't understand. I prayed. I said, Lord, give me something that I can give to my wife. So that she can understand me and understand you as well. Because I was not understanding you to begin with. But I came in belief of what you are doing. I was believing. So I carried that belief to say, this is God. So let me just do it. If it's God, I'm doing it. Against my own will. So I'm here in South Africa. What am I doing? Give me something. He gave me scriptures. I sent them to my wife. She said, I'm coming. I said, I don't want you to say yes or no. Just read those two scriptures. Tell me if you are not coming to South Africa. She came. Something has to speak. And that's something. I'm telling you this afternoon, it works. It is that something that can go to Sister Dipal and say, do an e-wallet to Sister So-and-so. Against your wish, Sister, you don't even want to get your money just to go out and pay bills for other people. But all of a sudden you find a message, something pops in your heart to say, I feel like. How many times have you felt it? More than 10 times, eh? Because we have fellowship along those lines. You just feel like sending, a brother needs money to come to church. Then God says, do an e-wallet to Brother Borewe. Then when I say, ah, why should I do that? Something said. 
It's very important to obey that something. When Brother Abraham went to that sister in Memphis, the aeroplane dropped down because the sister was praying. Then something said to him, take a corner here, take a corner here, take a corner here, go this way, go this way. When he's just thought like I'm lost, where am I going? Then another lady said, good morning, Pastor. Because something also had said something to this sister. You know that sister, Brother Abraham says she was doing like this on a gate, waiting. For Brother Brenner. Because he just prayed. He said, Lord, I is the Shunammite woman. If I'm reading this scripture of the Shunammite woman, my child is dying. And I'm a widow. And I'm exactly in the same position of this woman. With the child dying. And to make matters worse, I'm a widow. Where is your Elijah? This scripture is not being fulfilled in my life. Where is Elijah? God said, don't worry, I'm preparing, Elijah is there. She did not even know about Brother Brenner. No. No, 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 no. She never knew about the ministry of Brother Brenner. Yeah. Brother, right up there, they said, yeah, we are, uh, we, are, we are just about to take off now. When they took off, they said, oh, sorry, there's been an emergency. The plane is shaking. We can't understand the gauges are disturbed. We are going to force a landing. And it was in Memphis. Yeah. When they landed in Memphis, the prophet said, ah. in the meantime, when they are looking at this technical error of the plane, let me go and post my letters. The letters choo, choo, into the post. Then something start, started speaking. Don't go to the plane. Go this way. Go this way. To meet a sister that is waiting for you, Elijah. Elijah said, where is the God? He never said, where is Elijah? Because he saw him going. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. He saw him going. He could not ask for Elijah. Don't ask for Elijah. He's gone. But say, where is the God of this Elijah? That's the one we want. What shall I do for this young man? He said, the double portion of such things like this. Then the prophet says, the double portion to Elijah means the double portion to the bride. Because Elijah types the bride. Because the bride comes after Elijah is gone. And the bride will be the final voice to the final age. And the final age is not a Pentecostal age because they are drowning yeah. into their sin. The final age is a bright age. Yeah. I would have preached on the seed shall not be air with the shark. Yeah. We must not be perplexed with what is happening. When you, you see people trying to introduce certain funny doctrines, leave them. Because you know, brother, when, 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 when the corn is growing, it comes to a time when we have the cob. But you have got some, some kind of some covering on the cob. That covering, you don't eat it. When you want to harvest, you take that covering off. Then you take the cob out. But the cob has got that stem where the, the, the seeds are around. You still don't eat that thing. But it's the one that is getting the seed. And you find that not in the Pentecostal age, but in the bright age. So to separate the seed, you need a shelling machine. And a, a, a threshing floor has got a shelling machine. Amen. Or if you go to an old threshing floor, you've got very big, like, what do you call them? Rods and whatever. They were hitting it hard. It's not easy. It's not easy to see a brother that has been a brother all along introducing polygamy to you. It's not easy, brother, to find a brother all of a sudden who's been preaching very nice. Call himself Melchizedek. 
or the angel of the Lord. That's funny things like that. And he's living in the mountain or whatever they are doing. Forget about that. Where is the God of Elijah? What's the God of Elijah? It's not the angel of the Lord. The God of Elijah is not this Elijah. The God of Elijah is not anything else that they are talking about. And somebody, if he calls himself Melchizedek this time, you don't know what Melchizedek means. And if you go very well deep into his ministry, as he calls himself Melchizedek, ask him about what he's doing as Melchizedek. Because Melchizedek is a priesthood. Am I right, Pastor? He was a priest of the Most High. What does a priest do? You intercede for the people. Yes. Then you go deep down into the ministry of the man who calls himself Melchizedek and see if he's interceding for the people. He's not. Not, if, not even his own church. He's just milking them and eating the tithes. That's all. That's, that's the interceding he's doing. We bring them on the scale of the word. You know, brothers, I, I, me and I will never preach standards to you. I'm not for that. I, I will never preach sieves. But it doesn't mean that I cannot start on sieves and teach you. I can. I can. I've done it. The Magogos in the rural areas, they know sieves. Where I was preaching, they know them. I taught them. I gave them copies to read, to verify what I was preaching. Blessed is he that has got an ear to hear. Blessed is he that hears what the Spirit says. In the churches. Blessed is he that readeth and understands. Because in reading, there's a lot of misunderstanding. Brother Brenham, did you say we are in the millennium now? They had read something on his messages. Brother Brenham, should we move to Arizona now? That devil was trying to bring some funny doctrines until he was trying to say, Brother Brenham is Christ, man. We are missing it. Until they are baptizing with his name. Forget about that. Forget about who is baptizing in whose name. Because we know who redeemed us. Amen. The one who redeemed us is not William Brenham. The one who redeemed us is not even whatever we can, we can put in, in any name, in any category. God himself. Even when we talk about the ministers, it's God himself. That's why he says you cannot come on the pulpit without the Holy Ghost. Because why? He wants to do the work himself. Amen. So the whole duty of a minister, Brother Benham says, the minister stands here behind. The greatest gift that he can ever acquire and ask from God is to take himself aside yeah. and let God... Yes, but what are the ministers doing? They are preaching what they... What they elsewhere, they are just preaching what they think. They are, the pastor says they are motivational speakers. Because they don't have an experience with him. So they have nothing to say from him. They don't even know how to approach him to, to bring themselves to the podium and to say, Lord, I'm here, but I'm taking myself aside. Speak to your people. Yeah. It will feel like you are robbing yourself. My mind must also be heard. We don't want your mind. No, I have got a reputation as a preacher. You don't have a reputation. It's the reputation of God that we are worried about. You see people attacking the ministry of the prophet. They are attacking his position in the bride. They are not attacking the prophet. They are attacking the effect of the word that he preached. The prophet says, the devil has been doing this all along. Let's go to the message trial. 
Maybe I'll get one or two quotations and I'm done. <coughs> or before that, can you, can you bring God's chosen place of worship? God's chosen place of worship. Did we see that God dresses his church by himself? That's the purpose of the Holy Ghost. So if you are sitting there and you don't have the Holy Ghost and you don't hunger and thirst for him, you don't know what you are doing. Don't come to church anymore because you are wasting your time. You must come here and say, Lord, maybe today you will feel me. Maybe you will feel me every day. How can you have confidence to take the next day without the Holy Ghost? How can you have confidence to spend the whole year without the Holy Ghost? How are you managing? How are you able to do it? You must have, because that Holy Ghost gives you the confidence in times of trial, in times when the devil is trying you, temptations, that Holy Ghost will whisper something. He will tell you to stay, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When the enemy comes in like a flood, stand still. When Pharaoh's army is raging behind you and there's a sea behind you, before you, stand still. You will have confidence to stand still when you are, you, are, you are encamped around about with every wind of doctrine. You will stand still. They will, they will wonder, why, why is this church so intact? What is Brother Madiba doing with this church? No, you, you just stand with the scriptures. Christ came and demonstrated. He, he just demonstrated it is written, it is written, it is written. And the devil, the, the prophet the devil was thrown out with one punch out of the ring. And he says he never used any of his power. Though he was God in flesh. Because he could say, Satan be rebuked. He never did that. The devil quoted the scripture. He quoted. Because that's what Eve was supposed to do. In the beginning, God fortified his people with his. One word misconstrued caused every death, every heartache, every sorrow. How many scriptures do you want to misconstrue? And how many scriptures do you want to, to, to misunderstand? And misquote. And let these people call themselves Melchizedeks and Elohims because they are, they are saying, Brother Abraham said, I'm moving out. A great one is coming. You can be a great one more than the prophet himself when you never even raised one person from the worship. How do you become a great one? If she never broke a sentence, she broke a word. We are breaking sentences. Even the whole ministry of a prophet is being broken. But she just broke one word. When Jesus came in the middle of the book, that was the first of the book. Eh? When Jesus came in, in the middle of the book, what, what would he say? It is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do you see what sustains us? It's very simple. It looks like we are doing something foolish. But the scriptures tell us very well. We are well learned. It says the foolishness of the world, that the world calls foolishness, is wisdom to God. And what God calls wisdom is foolishness to the world. So if you want to be wise, when you go out there, be a fool. But don't be a fool for everyone's sake. Be a fool for Christ's sake. In the last of the book, Revelation, the 22nd chapter, the 18th verse, the very last part of the Bible, Jesus speak, speaks himself, said, I testify that if any man shall take one word 
out of this book or add one word to it, his part will be taken out of the book of life. Because he is a false what? And has misconstrued the people. Has caused the people to misunderstand and misplace the scriptures. And their blood will be accounted to his hand of doing so. Let's go to trial. We are fortified by the word. And God is his own. According to John 6.63, because every word is a spirit. So when you take on spirit upon spirit, he puts his spirit in you and he, he gives you the spirit in word form. The devil will come from this side, he will find you fortified. He comes from this other end, he finds you fortified. You are protected. The moment you are out of place is when the devil takes advantage of you. And he knows what to do when you are out of the place. He knows what to throw. He just don't throw anything. He, he knows exactly what to throw. And what he throws is what tells you, ah, you know, I mean, I'm not going to go to church anymore. Because you know what that brother did to me? What that brother said? Even the pastor himself was even banging, banging on the statement of the brother. And I saw the pastor was behind this brother. I could see it. I could see it. The, the, the devil is helping you to see certain things now. Better revelation of, of getting lost. Brother, even if the pastor says something, and I see that what he said is not in the scripture, I pray for him, he's my pastor, I cannot let him go like that. Neither can I confront him, maybe I will offend him. Why must I say I'm not coming to church because the pastor said this? Then if God says, okay, fine, the, the pastor himself is not even going to heaven. What do you do now? Yeah, I'm, I'm just putting it straight like it is. Who knows he's going to heaven? He knows himself, but not us. Yeah, you see. <laughs> It's, it's just an example. I'm not saying he's not going. I normally ask my wife, say, don't look at me. You don't have to look at me and say, uh, if my husband is doing it, I might as well do it. What if I'm not going to heaven? You find me in a tavern tomorrow and say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is Brother Morel with this one. What is he doing in a tavern? Well, then you say, no, I think something wrong with this mind. You come to speak to me and say, hey, brother, brother, this is not church time. You see, the brother is deep into his things now. What will you do? And I've been preaching for you. Just imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it straight as, as I pick it from the scriptures. Imagine about the people that hate Judas preaching. Imagine what happened to the people that saw brother Judas praying for them and getting healed. And even Jesus said, I saw the lightning fall, Satan fall from heaven like lightning. In a flash, on the ground. Because Judas was praying for the sick. The sick that he prayed for, when they heard that Judas hanged himself, what did they think of this religion? So, you want to bring that kind of a spirit in this church? To say you can only determine what Christ is doing in your life about, uh, concerning what the other brother said to you. Or how they are living their life. Don't you know there's three kinds of believers? This church will keep these doors open for anyone. You find some people, they can make a comment, a funny comment, Pastor. They find someone with dreadlocks and what, what, funny haircut. They say, ah, this church, they even allow these dreadlocks and what, what, um, I can't stay in this church. This, this guy just came by the street and said, can I have saves today? You want us to chase him away and tell him, go and get your haircut done nicely so you can come tomorrow. Or he says, oh, this religion is about haircuts. I'm not coming anymore. We invite everyone here. 
We invite everyone here. Even Sangomas, you can find them with their dressing as Sangomas and we say we give them a chair. Preach to them. I want Prince, I want uh, at the time when I met with the Sangoma, she said, I'm coming to deliver this homestead. I also I said, Oh, I am also coming for the same thing. So let's help one another. Who will start? If you take you say I take my shoes. Both I told you they're out there, we do everything. I said, now can I take my shoes? Said, no, 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 Pastor, you can continue, start. Then we'll take over. I said, fine. Can I read my Bible? Will you follow with me? He said, yeah. I had Brother Elijah with me. You get to Zimbabwe, you find Brother Elijah. You know, sir, I will tell you what happened that day. I was deep in my preaching, but I'm preaching, I'm preaching. This woman is taking off her clothes. She said, it's hot here, I'm feeling hot. I'll preach, I'll preach. Then she ran out of the house. The brother just, he stepped on my feet. He said, brother, she's out. <laughs> then I stopped. I said, ah, my congregation is short. We are short here. Where is the other one? Ah, she's just outside. He said, now, what's happening? He said, ah, I can't come. I said, what's wrong? It's hot inside. It's hot. I said, then I cannot continue. Because we are helping each other. You must say amen when I'm preaching. Then I'm going to do everything that goes with this agoma. When I'm done here. They never give, gave me chance, brother. Because when the message of Elijah and the God of Elijah is on the land, we came to that homestead, they had nothing to eat. And they are tormented by evil spirits. They can't sleep. They were delivered from all those spirits before the Sangoma could wake on them. And the Sangoma was not going to provide meat for them. I said, before I leave here, to make sure that I was preaching the right things, you will be having meat to eat. My gospel can provide meat now as I'm preaching. Amen. You will eat before I leave. Brother, some other men from some other village said, oh, we, we slaughtered the cow. So we just thought maybe we must also give you a portion. They brought a bucket of 20, 20 liter bucket full of meat. Hallelujah. Now that woman was crying. She started crying. Before she could even dry up her tears, another one came with a bucket of maize meal. We don't have money, but we just thought we should give you this. Maybe you can find some money later and... You go to a grand meal and then you have meal meal. The brother was with. We had money for our transport. Eh? He started crying. Something said to him, give them that money. <laughs> <laughs> so, money for the grinding meal, meat for the pot, they could eat. The, the, the voice of Elijah is spoken. The message of Elijah has gone forth. You can tell those people that there is a cloud and what, what? They will tell you no, but when, when they preach those things to us, we ate a meal. We ate. We had gone for two weeks without, with nothing, but when that man preached here, yeah. and the man was provided right there. This happened just after the service. Just after I closed my Bible, meat is coming. Meal, meal. Money for the grinding meal. And it's coming from a crying brother. Then I said, brother, but you just gave our transport money. What is happening? He said, brother, something was just saying, telling me. <laughs> something has to speak. If they bring this foreign doctrine, something has to speak from within. They are, they are talking sense, but the sense is not right. Yeah, it's sensible, but it's not right with me. Something inside this. There's a hay in a biscuit. 
They say, but brother, you don't believe. Yeah, I might not believe, brother, believing or not believing, but I, I don't just take what you are saying. It's, brother, brother Dipal, you cannot be guilty for denying what you don't, what you can't swallow. Can I bring milk and okra and, and, and what do you call it? Mix it together and take everything in. Take pap and mix it and say, brother, I've brought you a meal and you eat. You've never eaten it before. Then you start eating. As long as brother Borego, let me just eat. You say, brother, it's good that you came when I'm hungry and you are bringing food. But this kind of food, <laughs> I'm going to stay hungry until the right food comes. We want people who are sensible to that, to that very extent. Stretch out your limit to that extent where you can say, no, no. No, brothers. It's food, but not this kind of food. Yeah. We want food. We are hungry. Yes, we agree, but not this kind. Yeah. And I love you. And I love you too much. Because I'm going to pray for you because I see already you are in an area. This kind of food. You see the pastor introducing me to say, Brother Borego is going to preach for us. Then I come in, in, a, in a white garment with a long beard like this. Already something will tell you, ah, this brother is up to something. What is he making himself to be now? And then you go back to say, but what, what, how did the pastor allow this man? You are questioning even the pastor because he's not going right with your soul. Don't be gullible. Don't just take everything down. I used to tell the people that I used to preach with, even if it's in a rural area, pull my jacket and say, brother, come aside. There's some statement you said, I want to hear it clearly. I didn't hear you correctly. But maybe they misheard you. So don't give them a chance. I think, pastor, we need the time when you can have questions and answers. Find out what's inside this mind. Some people are just sneaking out of church because they say, I've already seen it. This church is not good for me. These people are evil. I'm going. I, I already seen it. I spoke to brother so and so. This brother answered me roughly. These people are very rough. I hate them. They don't support the seventh day, uh, the Sabbath day. So these people are not, are not children of God. I'm going. Give them a chance to say, when, they say, uh, when do we keep our Sabbath? Yeah. <laughs> when you've been 20 years with them and then they ask you, uh, when, when is our Sabbath day? <laughs> Yeah. Now we call the defense witness the defense witness of the defendant. That's God. Who defends us? God. You want to be defended by the pastor? You trouble him too much. He's got too much on his lap. You must come to the pastor and say, Pastor, God did this on this situation. Just imagine if every one of us would go and put a request on his table. You will spend five years without finishing to pray for every one of us. And spend the other five years without realizing the answers to those prayers. Brother, what's the problem? No, uh, my issue is sorted. I already spoke to the pastor. But did you speak to God? You're speaking to the pastor, but did you speak to God? It's your right to speak to the pastor. He must know what's happening in your life, but further on, speak to God. The defense witness for God, for God is the Holy Ghost. Bring him to the stand. Let's hear his testimony. My. First, he calls the attention to the prosecutor's misinterpre uh, misinterpretation of the word to the people. That's right. For he is the same interpreter that if he had 
He is the same interpreter that if he had. Oh, surely this is all right, but that isn't. As long as you find a minister telling you, Brother Brenner, what he said, this one here, it was right. Like another brother said, no, brother, you know, not everything in the spoken word is that says the Lord. Because brother, when he was taking the cockle base from his trousers, it's not that says the Lord. I said, then what, why did he say? Why did he say? Why is it there? Do you know it was in a vision? He saw it in a vision, taking off those things. And you say, it's not that says the Lord. Does the message not tell us that that says the Lord is a revelation, a dream, and a vision? So when you saw it in a vision, you want, you want it not to be... I saw, I saw the brother, I said, okay, let's go and read where it came from first. It was God who showed the prophet that he will be taking off those things in a vision. And this blast happens. So you want to take that thing out of a vision that God presented to a prophet. And tell us it's not that says the Lord was. Then you are taking it from where it happened. But we are taking it from where it was said. As long as it comes from the mouth of God through a vision, it's that says the Lord. That's why Brother Abraham was repeating it because it was in the vision before it happened. See, the same interpreter, the, the prosecutor is, because he is a devil, the same one that God fortified his children behind his word. And the very first time you step from behind it, you are a target to the devil. So do you see something here? Everything that the devil is doing in your life, it's not because the devil is always hunting on you. He is hunting for an opportunity when you are out of the way. That's why those things don't just happen every day. Like morning, afternoon, sunset, the devil is just chasing you. You don't have rest. At times you can even go for five years without even seeing the devil in any case. Not even any encounter. You are wondering, am I still fighting? It's because you are fortified. He's coming around you, but he finds, ah, there's no room. He comes again around, but he says, ah, this man stays with the word. Like he did with Job until he went to God himself to say, ah, I cannot win this man because you fortified him too much. Take away your protection from this man. Let me deal with him. I will show you what kind of a man he is. He will curse you to his death, this man. He even did whatever he did, and he said, no, flesh for flesh. You said I must not touch his flesh, but I think the secret is with the flesh. Let me touch the flesh. And Job had boils on his flesh. Now you are sick. You've got an example of Job here. On your next door. And you think your problem is too much of a problem for God to solve. There is a debate going on in heaven. About your faith. God is saying, ah, well, this one. <laughs> this one will never take him from church. I know him. I know how he believes. Go and do whatever you want. Now, he takes your job. He takes everything. He takes your money. Then you say, ah, what? If church is like this, I'm leaving church. The devil will go to God and say, I told you. Did you hear what he just said now? Yeah. But those things are happening where we are not seeing. Had, had God been able to show us every time in the picture of heaven what happens? Some of you will not take those decisions that you take. He's begging on you. He says, no. You see this brother? I've known him for a long time. I know when he started believing what happened in his heart. This one, you can do anything. You can throw him in the fire, in the water, whatever. Take his job, take his children. Do whatever you want with him. Ro roll him in a drum with spikes and try to kill him. You will see what he will say afterwards. 
Then the brother afterwards he says, ah, if church is like this, me, I'm quitting. Then the devil says, you see, I told you, I know this man better than you. Actually, he belongs to me, not to you. How many of you would want such a testimony? For the devil to testify on your behalf? The very first time you step out from behind it, you are targeted by the devil. But he can't get you as long as you are fortified by the Now the promise is, he said again, I want to call you your attention. Say now, this is the defense witness. The Holy Ghost, he said, the promise is only to? No, oh, I thought I missed it. It's only to? Not to? And skeptics and unbelievers are not counted in this promise. The promise is only to? Not to? Are you a believer this afternoon? Are you a believer this afternoon? Do you believe the promise? Can you go in the fiery furnace because the scripture says you cannot worship any other God. But others have already worshipped those crafted idols. They have them in their homes. Eh? They know them. We won't mention them both, otherwise we will offend you. But you know those crafted idols you have in your house. That take the place of the word. Amen. Hey, I'm running short of time now. But let me take the last quote. I'm saying the last quote. Amen. Brother, can you bring the conflict between God and Satan? 6205.31 It's good to depend on God. Because if you narrow down God's mind to your own mind and think the way you are defeated is the way God is going to be defeated, that's where you miss it. Now, God saw the end from the beginning. He had a picture of you in the beginning. He knows what the picture will be in the end. And the prophet in one place says, you don't worry about what happens in between. Because you know some of his children are going to be found in a beer hall. Drinking beer. And they say, this is life. We were enjoying yesterday. And we drank a lot. So drinking a lot is enjoying. I want the meaning of joy. Then they tell me drinking a lot is joy. If you've got sensible mind up there and you've got something inside there, you cannot tell me if you drink a lot, you, 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 are, you enjoy it. Hey, we drink a lot, brah. Hey, we enjoy it. You just squandered your money. Wait until when they ask for that money. Then you discover what the devil was doing in your life. Then after some two weeks after drinking a lot and you enjoy it, then you've got stress. Hey, bro, I'm, I'm stressful, man. I don't have money, bro. I don't have money, bro. We meet them. They say that when we're at work. But you were just wondering the money. You just ate the whole of your salary last week. And you said you were enjoying. Get the same joy to this week. <laughs> yeah. 
Carry to the same week. Next one, next one until you get your salad. What kind of a joy is that last just a, a short while of a weekend? What kind of a joy is that? Is that? Then Christ comes and says, ask in abundance. Ask that your joy might be made full in me. In Eden, God knew his enemy. This is very important to know your enemy. And all the attacks of his enemy. Now God is the infinite God. And the infinite God is the perfection of the perfections. He knew all things before they ever was. This is the one you are trusting in. And therefore, if this infinite God could have looked forward and did, and did, meaning he did, could have looked forward, which he did, he looked forward and seen the end from the beginning. And he knew that he would have children on this earth. Those believers that we just read in the other quotation, we're bringing them here, they are the children that God foresaw to be on earth. His own blessed what? Children, not cursed. Ah, I mean, I'm cursed. No, blessed children. Don't you believe that he would provide for them the best that he could provide? Yes. Congregation says what? Amen. Yeah, I want your amen there. Would not you tonight to your children that was helpless little fellows who can take care of themselves, don't you struggle and work and do everything that you can to provide the best that you can or able to provide for those children. Your own children. How much do you work hard to provide for them? To make sure they go to school, to make sure they get nice uniforms so that they won't feel out of place. If others are eating sweets in the, in the, in the school, you, you make sure they've got two rentries and to also buy from that tech shop the sweets. When others are buying, they're also buying. They don't stand on the corner to say, oh, others are eating sweets, but you know, Father, don't have nothing. We are just struggling at home. Maybe when I get home, there is not even a meal. You work so that that situation don't arise on your child. Because you are a father, a parent. And if that be what I would say, the trueness and the thought of an earthly parent and parenthood originated in God. Because he was the first parent. Don't you think that God seeing what Satan would be, what Satan would do, he gave to his children and provided for them the best thing that could be provided for them. To knowing what the enemy's attack would be. God fortified these children with what? See, we take the war when a general goes out to meet another general in war. And this general, if he is a real true citizen of this nation, surely would be to be a general. And he, first thing, he studies the enemy's attacks. You cannot have a defensive mechanism when you don't know what's going to attack you. When I was growing, I used to keep a, keep a secret of myself that I'm left-handed. Even when I'm playing soccer, they don't know I'm left-handed. So I, I would score when they are not away. The ball is this side, they are waiting that I would put it this side, then they mark me and close it this side. When it comes this side, they are still waiting for me to maneuver and bring it the other side. It's already in the net. Because I use my left. And I will never tell them. When it comes to fighting, I used to do the same thing. Put my right in front, then the left is behind here. You think I'm going to attack, then when it comes from here, you're gone. 
Whether I use a fist or I use a slave, but you are down. Every time it was always like that. Sometimes you start by going up and you go down. Because it's a secret. And I was told where to eat. So I don't waste time. It's one or two fists you are down. Because you don't know my secret. One, one time I fought a guy that knew what I was. He, he got a hold of this hand. <laughs> because he knew my, my attacking skill. He said no. Bambu left, bambu left, bambu left. Things were not right for me. I can't even throw my... Even now I can't throw a fist with this hand. I can't. But in this hand, whether it's a fist or it's a... You're gone. Because all my strength is in this side. So I don't tell anyone. I hide it. It's my secret. You know your secret is with the spoken word. Your secret is with the Holy Ghost. Your secret is with God himself. Don't tell your, your enemy your secrets. Go down on your knees and speak to your God. And tell them it is going to be well. He knows what he is giving, he's going to do. How he is going to work. Because he kind of went over and spied out. We got spies everywhere. You know, there's American spies in England. There's American spies in France. When you go to the message, I think it's, uh, is it Jesus Christ, the same? Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He said, if you are, the prophet says, now you are a sweet little bunch of people. Nice and sweet. But the devil won't let you like that. What he will do, he will bring some rascal from out there. Bring him in your midst. Let him be part of you. This man, what is he doing? He's spying out to see our weaknesses. Then he says, from afar off, the devil will shoot that guy with arrow of poison. And then this guy starts spreading it around. Because he has already located some weak brothers that he can tell. You know, this pastor, you know, he doesn't know how to run the church. If, if, if you, actually you, you can be a better pastor. He's telling the weakest of all the brothers, eh? you can be a better pastor. You don't even know how to make up a same on this brother. <laughs> then the, the pastor is being told he's nothing, that man. Don't, don't worry about his preaching. Don't look at all that. There's nothing to eat. You know, brother, if you can be given time, only time, just one minute, one minute. He preaches three hours. You, you, one minute, brother. The Holy Ghost will fill everyone in church. He goes to the other brother. He tells them, all of a sudden, he say, ah, we have started. We are here at Whitbengai. What have you started? Our own church, brothers. Because uh, yeah, there we are wasting time. With Pastor Madib, he's doing nothing. Where is this doing nothing came from? How, how many people were, were healed when he was preaching? Is that doing nothing? How many people got jobs when he prayed for them? Is that doing nothing? How many families are kept intact when he's preaching? Is that doing nothing? But this man scouts for weaknesses. No, we can do better things. It's only that me, I cannot preach. I'm not just a good preacher. But you know, I'll tell you, you brother, you, it's just you are humble. But you brother, who, if they just give you one minute, one minute, brother, I'm saying, what? I don't know, but one minute, Ooh. Then tomorrow he says, brother, it's too late, brother. You see what, what, what I've been telling you, but I don't think we'll win. That man is stout and his mind is... I don't know what kind of a man he is, man. We can just go and book a place and start. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Then you don't have expenses. Actually, we will even pay you. This is how these other churches, other churches started. They are funded from somewhere in the corners. People put money so that they can protect their sinful natures. Yeah. Carry on. 
They find a pastor who can preach what their itching ears are after. A pastor that stands with the word to fortify the church. They say, you know, this pastor is arrogant. You know, the pastor is too strict. Is it the pastor or the scriptures are too strict for you? But I will tell you today, straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. So how, 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 how possible should the pastor preach a brother and broaden it up from being narrow? How strict should be he than just that to maintain the straight way? If he maintains maintain the straight way, he's going to be stricter on you. He's not going to give you room to do anything because you just need to do what the word says. You've got spies in France. There's, uh, there, uh, there, and there are German spies here. And there's, no matter how friendly we are, that the, the prophet, we still got spies. He's putting it on a friendly basis, but if it's the devil, he's not your friend. Eh? But when he's bringing his, his spies, he's bringing them for, for a warfare. And we are saying, we are saying, spying out some kind of a nuclear weapon. Then we find it. Take it back to the country. Then what is it? They get ready. When they have information, oh, okay, Russia has got a super hypersonic uh, bomb. This is how it's made. This thing, when you strike here at the back, you dismantle the engine so it cannot fly further. They start the weaknesses of this bomb. So they say, ah, if you want, you want to throw that bomb, we are ready. Because the spies have already brought information of what is the highest weapon that this nation has got. What is the artillery in their hidden basements? Yeah. When war does come, they know how to attack there. And if we know God knew this great warfare was coming on between right and wrong, and he knew what the enemy was going to do. He knew just exactly how to equip his people. So if, if we notice the very first thing that God equipped these children was being infinite. He knowed what it took to defeat Satan. Anytime, any place, anywhere, on any conditions. This afternoon, bring your conditions here. Under the word. Anywhere. At your place, at your workplace, at home. Bring your conditions, whatever conditions they are, bring them here in this quotation. They say this Satan is bringing these conditions in any place, anywhere. Conditions so that you can be defeated. But God has equipped you to know what to do in those conditions. Now, he wouldn't say, I'll give them something here. And then a few years later, I may start out something better to give them. And then after a few years later, like we in military force the, the old bow and arrow and sledge and rock hammer. He's talking about how the weapons developed from old ages. After the bow and arrow come the musket. And after the musket come the Springfield. And now the atomic weapons and things. See? We keep growing more. This is human, human nature now. We, we develop ourselves and better ourselves. But God looked far beyond all ages. He saw the weapon that could work in every age. Yes. Then he gave it to Adam and Eve. Yes. Then he came in the end times again. Yeah. And he introduced the same weapon to work in this age. But God at the beginning gave his children the atomic weapon. Because he is the infinite God. Now, seeing there was going to be a conflict and there was going to be a battle, God equipped these children with, I want you to see, 
with the right kind of ammunition, right kind of an attack. The word does not just defend you from the attack of the enemy. When you are not being attacked, you must attack. Because it's meant is a double-edged sword. It cuts and slices from both ends. I'm attacking, it cuts. I'm being attacked, I lift it up, it cuts. So I'm protected from every... When God wanted to protect the tree of life, he put a, a sword, flaming sword, and it protected the tree of life from every... What is the tree of life? If you read your message very well, the prophet says the tree of life is in your heart. And the tree of life is Christ himself. And that weight, that slices, that protects is the weight. So if you don't want to take the weight inside, you don't want to take the weight inside, the devil will scout and see who is out of the weight. Then you come to the pastor, ah, pastor, things are not moving fine. Just problems here and there. No, are you in the weight, brother? You are out. First come back, stay in the weight. Whatever you meet when we pray, you will overcome. Right kind of ammunition, right kind of an attack, the right kind of everything that they had need of, that would sweep them all the way from Eden to... What was it? I'm finishing my quotation from there. What was it? The word. That's what defeats Satan, is the word. It would defeat him anywhere, any place. Now, why do we want to substitute something else? When we have already got the best thing that there is, is the word. They are trying to bring new doctrines and whatever, Melchizedek and what, what is time to introduce new things. We know better. It's too late. I say it. It's a, my subtitle is too late. They, they, it's late. We are impregnated with the word. We know what to do with. Does he not say that? Malachi 4 says the bride knows what to do with. And I want to tell you, the bride is not make believers. The bride is not unbelievers. The bride is not skeptics. People that come here to see if Brother Mshabi preaches better than Brother Borelwe. And then, how about Brother Ward and Brother Dipali? In the meantime, you are missing what God is telling you. And then all these ministers, who's better than the pastor himself? Skeptics, Mr. Skeptic. Then uh, the musicians, I see Brother Malaka, he can sing better than Brother So-and-so. But why, what if he plays the bass guitar, will he be better than Brother So-and-so? They save his hands. This man knows nothing about what the, the Lord was saying. Mr. Skeptic. He's just coming here to find what, what's wrong in church. Who's not doing right? Who's better than what? Who, who, yourself, who are you better than? You are not better than the devil himself. Because you must start by looking at yourself. See, now if we pray when, we are, when I'm at home, is whether it's Brother Wadi who's preaching, whether it's Brother Dipali, I don't even see Brother Dipali. I only see when he, when he stands here. Because when I'm praying, I say, Lord, speak to me. I don't say, Brother Dipali, speak to me, because I don't know. It's this man that says, no, Brother Dipali, you are going to preach. Because he knows what God wants for the church now. There's the past. Me, I'm praying at my house. How will I be able to find out how good Brother Dipali is? It, lo- it, lo- it looks like I'm looking in the wrong mirror. My reflection in the mirror must be the word against the word. So when Brother Dipali stands here, I just whitewash him. He's not there. 
I'm waiting to hear what God is prepared for me. Because if I miss, and I miss because Brother Dibali just mentioned a certain statement. Yeah, there he means me because I was with him last week. We were fellowshipping on this thing. I think he's talking about me now. I must watch out now. This man, I won't talk to him again about my issues. Hallelujah. It's what? That fortifies us. And it's been happening from Eden until now. That's the stick I'm handing over to each and every believer this afternoon. Because it works. It has worked for everyone. That's why Paul on, on April chapter 11 he says, what more shall we say? Of Shamka, of this and Samson. He says, they all overcame through the word. They just took the promise. Just imagine, brother, God tells you, you must go and take that land, but there's giants in there. And you don't fight the giants. He wants you to go and fight the giants. And he tells you, I've given the land and the inhabitants thereof into your hand. You go and see the inhabitants, you think you're going to see young men like this one. You see some people that, if, if you, you measure their breast, it's, it's, it's half a meter this way. <laughs> half a meter this way. And they are muscles, brother. If he just goes like, shaking his body like he's just relaxing. So if this man can just get a hold of my neck like this, you squeeze my breast out. They don't say that they came to Joshua and gave that report to Moses. He said, no, you don't know what this promise is telling us. These giants, they, we look like grasshoppers in their, in their eyes. And how do you see them in your eyes? Huh? They, you look like grasshoppers in their eyes. And how about them in your eyes? Because them in your eyes is what God said that they have been given into our hand. Though they be giants, but they have been given in our eyes. They are part of our promise of inheriting them. That's how we fail. We look at what the devil presents. Then we misjudge God's word. And then we, we, we come out of the fortification. When you are out, that's what the devil... When he tempted Christ, and he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. You go to find the scripture says, and the devil went away and waited for an opportune time. When you come to Malachi 4, he says, he caught him one day when he was hungry. He says, and I might, I might want to believe that the devil came again and said, now you are hungry and you now change the stones into bread. Then he went to the fig tree. That's what Brother Abraham says. He said, he said that was a, 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 like he was trying to bring something against what the devil was presenting. So he ran away from this issue of stones again. He went to the fig tree. Spoke to the fig tree, then it failed to respond. Then he cursed the tree. The tree was cursed because the devil had come for an opportune time. He's hungry again today. Remember, when he came to him, he was 40 days and 40 nights without eating in the wilderness. So he was hungry. This time he's hungry again. The scripture says he waited for an opportune. It is those opportune times that you must hunt for and close the gap for an opportune time. Don't make yourself be subject to what the devil is designing in your life. You go to work, you, are, you, you, you come late, then you must lie to the manager that the taxi had a puncture. Wake up early. Go to work early. Why must you put yourself, why must you be subject to, to a lie? Because you, the taxi, the taxi that you didn't even give her a taxi. 
But you talk about the taxi, we're in a bus, you talk about the taxi that did the bank, it was never there. Because the boss is asking you, I'm afraid he's going to fire you. Fear. Do you see what happens? Now you make your first lie. It's going to be a lie every day because a lie must cover another lie. Then afterwards, you come to church, you enjoy one halalela. Eh? With a lot of lies behind you. Then the pastor prays for you to get a job, you don't get a job. Then the pastor don't know you are busy lying at work. They phone you because they want to ask about the debts you owe them. When are you going to pay? Eh? When are you going to pay? We're asking you, when are you going to pay? You freeze a moment. Say, ah, ah this month, in, ah, this month, in, I'll pay this month. In. And you know, you don't have the money. Tell them, I don't have money now. When I get money, sooner or later, I'll bring the money to you. Be honest. But the devil is creating an opportunity where you must just make the first step into it. Then you're out of the fortification. And anything can happen. Any sickness can come. Anything that he wants to throw at you, you are out of the boundary where God protects you. Brothers, the stick that God has handed down to us, like Elijah, Elijah did to Gehaz, it works. Our Elijah has handed down a stick. The spoken word, it works. Don't ever let the devil tell you anything. Brother Kune, can you help us with the song? As we close. As the pastor comes. Just go home and tell your children the stick works. Yeah, this spoken word works. It's not something that the devil can just play around. He knows this thing will defeat him. It has defeated him since Eden. And it will pull us throughout the rapture. The rapture hasn't happened, so we'll defeat him until we get to the rapture. With the same word. Brother, you're going to sing a song for us. I'm going to stand right under his blood. Where the devil can do me no harm. There's a place, precious hiding place. God's place of worship. Where the devil cannot do any. You keep yourself under that place. You keep the devil in torment. You say, I can't touch him. God bless you. Can you sing for us? I'm gonna stand right under his blood. I'm sure you'll 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 you know how to do I'm gonna stand right under the blood. I'm gonna stand right under the blood. I'm gonna stand under the blood. Whether this can do me no harm. Let's sing it. Under the blood, I'm gonna save us under the blood. Will you live to be no harm? No harm, no harm, no harm. I don't know what's the problem. But something needs to be changed, then we sing it. I don't know music, but it's something. Study buddy, can you help? I'm gonna stay right under the blood.
by something. Something just said move here. And you realize later that oh it was something. Something says that call this brother. And the brother says you don't know your call came at the right time. May we may we develop the ability to listen to that something. Uh, Brother Brenham normally speaks about something. It, it's a message on its own. I hope one minister will bring a message and just call it something. Amen. Let's sing another one. I don't know, bass still or no, I'm God. Or we love you, Lord, Brother Kuni. We love you. And then we're just going to close with a word of prayer. God bless you, Brother. Uh, a round of applause for him. How many love him this afternoon as we wrap up?
something to God. He sees your hand, he sees your heart, he knows your heart's desire, and he's responsive to our heart's desires. Brother Burera read a quotation, God equips his people, and he, as you take care of your children, God as the great father has to take care of you. Whatever you need, God is going to grant it. If you need a certain door to be open, God will open it. If you need a certain door to be closed, God will close it. He can, wherever he shuts in, no one can open. Wherever he opens, no one can shut in. Our God, once he has made a decision, it's final. If he has decided to bless you, the devil cannot reverse it. If he has decided to heal you, the devil cannot make you sick again. If he has made you an overcomer, you are not going to lose. 
Once he has done something, he does it perfectly. He's not the God of the half-done jobs. Whatever he does, he does it to the uttermost. If he saves, he saves to the uttermost. If he heals, he heals to the uttermost. He is not the God of the half-done jobs. And this morning we are approaching him and say, God, may you be responsive to our needs. I don't care how impossible your need is. These sticks work. This stick works, brethren. It opened the Red Sea. It shut the lion's mouth. It stopped the fire from burning them. It gave Sister Haiti her children. It grounded the aeroplane. This afternoon, this stick works. And whatever you need, you will get it only if you believe. Because all things are possible to them that believe. Maybe you've got somebody sick in the hospital. We are sending a prayer their way. Maybe you've got somebody that is not well outside of the country. God can reach far. Whatever you need, no matter how insignificant you are, you are significant in God's presence. And God can begin to do a shift. A paradoxical shift until he amazes you. As the brother said, I prayed for the brother that whatever job you're going to get, you'll keep on asking, how did I get this job? This afternoon, whatever God can do to you, you can say, how did this happen? Why did this happen to me? It will be so paradoxical. And God does not have operating hours. He works overnight. Works during the day. Works every time. Doesn't matter if offices are closed. God can begin to work on a computer somewhere now. I say, God, can we work on a computer right now? When the offices are closed, the angel of the Lord can move in with the master key and do those approvals that you are looking for. I'm I'm talking about a God that is alive, folks. He's not a statue. He's a living God. Thank you. Gracious Heavenly Father. This morning, we can sing and say there is no God like our God. Dear God, we look at your track record. Things that you were able to do throughout the Bible history. And we are short of one word that you said, I am the Lord God and I change not. That means there is never a situation that can arise that can limit your power. There is never a condition that can come up that, dear God, they can put limitations to your abilities. Dear God, you can reach far. You can go deeper. You can move anything out of the way. And actually, you delegated the authority to us And he said, if you you can speak to this mountain and say, let it be moved and do not doubt in your heart, it will be the way you have spoken. And this morning, this afternoon, if there are mountains in our lives, we move those mountains. We, we have been mandated by the scriptures to move those mountains and we understand when we say we move those mountains because you said if you say to this mountain let it be moved it shall be moved there are so many mountains but this this afternoon we are moving them by prayer we are moving them away by the power of the spoken way 
If it is a sickness, you, let that mountain be moved. Thank you, Lord. If it's a financial situation, you, let that mountain be moved. Blessed if it is a marital condition, let that mountain be moved. Thank you, Lord. Whatever situation or condition this morning, we move it out of the way. Dear God, here is your children. They came here and sat under the administration of the weight. They were patient to listen and to take in what was being said here, dear God. They cannot return back to their households still the same, dear God. If they came needy, may you grant them their heart's desires. Whatever request that they have this morning, I'm putting them before you, God. And I can say to the devil, our God will respond. And our Amen. God will answer Amen. them. Amen. And those miracles Amen. will happen in yes, their lives. Those paradoxical results Amen. shall be there Hallelujah. in their lives. Yes, Dear God, God, you are not a liar. Yes. Every word that you spoke is inspired. Yes. And every word that you put there shall come to pass. Amen. If it is approached with the right mental attitude. Amen. Dear God, we are not like the children of this world. Our God is the almighty God. Our God is a creator. And dear God, even certain situations or things that you, we need, you can create them, dear God. I remember you gave the young man that was looking for his ponies. And he said to Brother Branham, I need my ponies. And Brother Branham said, God will give you other ponies. He said, no, I need my ponies, Brother Branham. You said, God is a restorer. I need exactly what I've lost. And this morning, if your children have lost anything, exactly what they have lost, may you grant it to them, dear God. May it not be a replacement. May it be a restoration. And not only one fold, but seven fold, dear God. Dear God, we want to break about you. We want to tell the world about your greatness. And we can never tell them about your greatness unless they see greatness in our lives. I know it will be so simple, but it will be there. Because you are not a failure, dear God. Every heart in the building, you know it. Every request that is in the heart in the building, you know it. Every situation in the building, you know it. Every condition in the building, you know it. And all of them, dear God, I bring them under the authority of your weight. And dear God, may there be a shift. May there be a change, dear God. May there be a change of trajectory. Where a person say, I suffered this long, but I'm no longer suffering anymore. At that moment when a prayer was said, something took place. The Holy Ghost touched me. Dear God, we believe in the supernatural. We believe the angels are here this afternoon. And we believe you are here this afternoon. It's not just a church service. It's not just a gathering. It's a supernatural gathering that can achieve the supernatural result. God is in the building right now. Our children, they need you more than ever before. There are spirits in the end time. Our prophet has told us about the invasion of demons. But dear God, we are fortifying them by the weight. We are putting a hedge around them, dear God. Our marriages must be protected. Satan has gone on the rampage, is destroying the family. But this afternoon, not the families that are here. A prayer has been set over their life. Satan, get off your dirty hands of their marriages. Satan, get your dirty hands of the church of the living God. And everyone that is here, dear God, will go back and be an overcomer. 
If they don't believe, we believe on their behalf. If they have given up, we don't give them on them, dear God. This week, it will be a miraculous week. May there be testimonies during this week. May there be a, a supernatural move just this week, dear God. There's been something that you have done among us today. And we know this stick works. This weight works. This message works. This spoken word works. Your name works, dear God. And Lord, we commit everything and we bind every demonic spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind every spirit in our houses. We bring it under the subjection of the word of God. We are not apologetic, Satan. You are nothing to us. We are bringing you under the subjection of the almighty God. Because the scriptures say, whatever we bind here shall be bound in heaven. And Satan, right now, as the church of the living God, we are binding you. Not only you alone, we bind every demon that is waking for you. And we set every believer free. Amen. We set every believer free Amen. from any demonic oppression. Amen. We set Thank them you, free from mental illness. We set them free Alleluia. from the spirit of depression. We set them free Amen. from suicidal spirit. We set them free. Amen. Every demon this afternoon cannot get hold of any child of God. We are breaking every yoke this afternoon Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Because this name has got the power. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the victories. Thank you for the healing. And thank you for the miracles. Thank you for opening the ways. Thank you for the deliverance. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for your Holy Spirit this afternoon. Thank you for your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, you're a liar. We cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. Till we see you, have a blessed week. Amen. I will see you after the 17th. Pray for me. Amen. And then I hope you'll have a blessed time. If you are able to join us, I think when it is, when it is 9 o'clock here, it is 3 o'clock in the morning that side. So when we go to church at nine, you hear it is three o'clock. So you can be able to join us after your church for the streaming. God bless you richly. Just type Ephesians Tabernacle Trinidad, it will come up. The all the services will be live streamed. Amen. God bless you richly. Let's sing. What do we sing? Our war cry. Amen. Deacons are here. If you need anything, see them. They are available. They will attend to your issues. You know their numbers. They will engage with them. The elders are here. 
you can phone them if you want a prayer. Hey, Brother Barrero, come here. Brother Chetty, come here. They are available. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Uh,